Connecting. All right, I think we're live. Can no. everybody hear each other? Hello. Happy I Thursday, guys. Adam, where are you? Out in the wilderness somewhere. Yeah, so I'm up in the Adirondacks. It's a great thing that uh, Lake Ave does. They they every year the kids, the fifth graders, can have the option to go on a trip to a. It's a camp Wikipanka. It's a, that's not the name. I can't say it, but it's an old Long Boy Scout or it's a Boy Scout camp. And it's really something special like Av does where the fifth graders can kind of spend that final year together. Uh, this, this is the 19th year. would be the 20th year if not for COVID last year canceled it. But it's a really a great thing the school does. And, and I'm really happy to be a proud of it. I'm chaperoning. So it's camping in the woods with a bunch of fifth graders for three days. Hey, have you seen a little guy named uh, Charlie Dalton bopping around anywhere there? I have seen Charlie Dalton. <laughs> he, he, is, he is under my care. He's doing awesome. The, the boys are awesome. Uh, they're having a great time, and, and it's just a neat, a neat, really neat experience. You you well, don't look stressed one bit. <laughs> what, me worry? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to Talking Saratoga. We are back with our weekly podcast to talk about the latest news, debate, discussion in Saratoga Springs, a city that we know has never suffered from a shortage of opinions. And there's lots of action this week, you guys. Um, starting with Gaffney's, um, which was in the news because they had their hearing with the SLA um, and kind of got their uh, punishments, essentially, and what they have to do to reopen. And um, did you guys see any or read any of uh, the hearing and, like, what they have to do? Yes, Robin, yeah. you, you posted a lot on it. You posted the actual documents. That was great. And, uh, you know, the, the press, of course, uh, did a solid job in, in reporting it, I guess I would say. They, they did. So I actually, because I'm a dork, went online and, and tracked down the video of the SLA hearing that happened. And I was really kind of taken aback at how harsh the SLA was, although I guess for good reason. And I have some of the clips of them talking um, from the hearing I want to play in a minute. But essentially, Gaffney's needs to pay $70,000 in fines. They have to... Um, they have to start wanding anyone coming in, like with a the like wander for like the metal detector thing after nine o'clock. Um, last call is at one thirty, and they're shutting down at two. Um, they have to communicate with the police department if there's any type of altercation inside the property or outside the property. Um, I think that was about, oh, and, and no live music no live or music. DJs. Background so, music only. Background music only. So Whatever that, that was I know. I, th I guess it's like elevator music. That's all I can think of, right? So that was one of the most surprising things about watching this hearing. Um, and I'll play the clip in a second. But it turns out Gaffney's has actually never been permitted to have live music or DJs, um, which was news to me. So do you want me to play this clip so you can hear? Uh, this is a chairperson of the, of the SLA talking. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted you to okay. tee it up, and you just did. Roll that footage. Okay. Ventured in, you've had under, you had an understanding with us when you got this license, mm -hmm. and it was a legal understanding, and it was it, it, it told you what you were allowed to do, and you haven't been doing it. We were it doesn't your license didn't give you the opportunity to use DJs, isn't that correct? We were unaware of that we've been operating like that for six years. Well, you were aware of it though, since you've been getting in trouble. And you continued to do it. Your license didn't allow you to have live music. I don't even think. So that's just a little snippet. I was shocked that they did not have any permission for live music um, at that location. I mean, I, 
I yeah, that that I mean, listen, Gaffney's has had live music for decades, right? Decades since John Baker uh, was running it. Certainly, it was it was it was the reason to go to Jagat. I mean, a great expansive backyard, but the live music was always excellent. Um, our friend Arthur, you know, booked the, the bands there for many many years, and um, uh, so yeah, that's that's a shocker. Well, Dan, I, I would say this: the the license when the new owners took over would have all changed. So. I don't think we know or re it's relevant whether uh, the, uh, prior to the six, I, I don't know how long sure, the, the sure owner status, six years. So I don't, does the, I don't know how the music element changes with the permitting. I guess I'm getting. It, it so for your liquor license, it's, and I, I can speak to this because I've been in the business. First, this is, a, it's an issue I have with the SLA. They're, they're too powerful. Um, a lot of the laws are, are, are held over from the, the, uh, from, you know, they're very antiquated like the laws. Olden times. <laughs> the olden times. Yeah, from prohibition yeah. That, that give the SLA kind of tremendous powers. And it gives, so for instance, if you are a, a, a business owner and you are late paying your beer or liquor bill, they actually, the, the beer or liquor distributors will report you to the SLA and you have to be cash on demand from there on out to give any, to get any orders in, any deliveries. You know, and the free market says, you know, as a as a customer, you should have some some negotiating power with with when you pay your, you know, what's what's the terms of your agreement with the the distributors. So, if you don't pay your within thirty days, you, it, it's it's they they it's the it's the state government coming in and acting as a collection arm of a private business. And being on the bar and restaurant side, I was never really a fan with that. In a lot of cases, like Gaffney's, I think we see why that there needs to be an SLA with some teeth and. I'm not saying they're not right in, in this act, but they do. Just something to keep in mind. The SLA has extraordinary powers. And when you go for your permit, you have to say, um, you, you know, you have to kind of list everything you're doing. All the owners have to be background checked. Uh, I, if you remember one time it, it, when, uh, when the, what's the bar across the street from Gaffney's open? City Tavern? The City Tavern on, on the rooftop there. They did not have a permit for a bar. They had a permit to serve up there. So they had a bar and you would order from the bar and then the bartender would hand it to a lady and she would hand you the drinks. And it was just kind of a workaround of the city rule. They can serve drinks up there, but they can't have, you know, the bartender can't hand the, the, the patrons a drink. And I think they've since worked, you know, figured that out. But um, just a little background on the SLA and the powers they do have in the state. You, you know, I will say, Adam, I, I'm sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was shocked at the, um, like, the questions they were asking of the Gaffney's owners were so wide ranging from like financial questions to, I mean, it just, it, it was obvious how much um, authority, I guess the SLA has, and they were not in a good mood talking to these guys. And um, I can play another clip of the chairperson talking about how, sorry, go ahead, Dan. Please, please do. Cause I, I want to comment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's say, uh, here we go. I mean, I've, I, I've been doing this for seven years and I go to Saratoga regularly. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've ever had a problem like you guys have caused in Saratoga over the last two years. I don't think I've ever seen it. And then you denied it was you publicly. So that's just, again, one little example. Um, the chairperson of the SLA clearly has, you know, a lot of familiarity with Saratoga, the way he talks about it, the way he talks about the different restaurants and bars and their involvement in Mrs. London's and other, other places. He definitely, um, knows the area but again i was i'd also listened to two hours of other complaints from around the state until i found the gaffney's one but i was just kind of shocked at how almost like personal 
the commentary was from the chairperson, um, you know, it's a pretty strong statement. Like in seven years, like this is the worst, you know, most problematic establishment they've ever seen. Um, you know, go, going back to John Baker, I have a connection to him. His father, his late father was a state trooper. Him and I had the same rank, even though we didn't know each other. So, so John and I had a connection. John was always good to me. But for me, looking at this, the current setup of Gaffney's, and again, my Dan DeFederici's citizen, his opinion, the, the, the problems that Gaffney's has, has caused, I want to say bravo to this guy. It was harsh. <laughs> but, and Adam, to your point, I, I want a strong SLA. If they overstep, fine. I mean, knowing this one bar, how it's dominated the news in the city for really a year now, um, Bravo. In fact, we got to do a separate thing. The SLA Chronicles. We got to do another. I mean, how is this guy not on TV? How is that board not on TV? That's that's drama. It was very dramatic. Um, I, but I, I guess I, I'm like always in this conflict of Adam. Like you said, I don't like it when government interferes with private business. And they have put some significant restrictions on how these guys are going to be able to operate and have any measure of financial success this summer. Um, especially with like the huge property that's laid out for music and performance um, to not have music available to, you know, have to go through all these security measures. One of which was everyone who gets ID'd, the ID is scanned, but then that person's information is stored for six months after that. So like they'll, which to me is like a little bit of an invasion of privacy. Like I don't necessarily want people knowing what bars I've gone to and, keeping that information for, you know, I don't know, whatever purpose, like for six months, it just seems like a lot. Right. Right. Well, so, so I would say the live music was kind of self-inflicted, right? Cause they knew, you know, like the power of government or not, when you know the rules, you got to play by them. You, you know, you can't change the rules by not following them. But so, nobody follows the live music rules, do they? I mean, everybody's cranking in the summer. Well, the permitting of it, though. So, oh, so yeah, the not, permitting, the, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the, dec the decimal levels, that's one thing, right? That's not really, seems to be yeah. not highly enforced. But the, as far as the permitting that Gaffney's needed, that was that was very self-inflicted. You know, as far as, you know, the, the keeping people's information for six months, again, is that an overstep by the SLA? I, I agree with you where um, it's it's a little, it's a little bit like big brotherish, right? Tracking your movements if, if, if they know. Uh, although that being said, we go into these places with our smartphones and, you know, and our apps. And, <laughs> I know. Yeah, but it, Apple it, it, tracking me is and, not and, as bad. And, and, and cameras, right. cameras everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you guys think of the punishment? I mean, do you think it's just? Do you think? I, oh, I, I, can't bell. I, I think, um, I think Gaffney's brought, you know, again, my opinion, reading it in the paper. I, I don't get to Caroline Street anymore. I got young kids and I'm too old. But, uh, um, to, to this point, I think Gaffney's brought this upon themselves. And I take issue with the press saying Gaffney's is closed, but the violence continues. No, drunks fighting in Caroline Street has been happening since, you know, 1852. Uh, but stabbings are a different level. There have been no violent, uh, deadly physical force issues that I know of since uh, Gaffney's was closed. Sir, sure, uh, drunks fighting, even large groups, I get that. It's not right, but that, that is a different level of of uh of law breaking than stabbings well let me play you one last clip from this hearing that speaks to that you know they intend to operate the i haven't way decided where to. i'm going at this point i still haven't but because uh, i'm not i don't know that i'm comfortable with them operating because people got hurt 
And even after people got hurt, nobody did anything. At that point, if it was my place, the music would be not on the next weekend. There would be a wand on every person walking in the door if somebody got stabbed in my bar. You had, you had to call the cops to break up fights because my security guards don't know enough to, to not put people that are in a brawl out in the street where it would just together get worse together. Understood. I mean, but they no- kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then people would say, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, it's not us. Everybody else is having problems, too. So again, pretty, pretty harsh, but have, I live, as you guys know, on Lower Caroline. I'm on Caroline Street between Henry and Circular. So this is like, I'm constantly, you know, walking past Gaffney's, seeing what's going on. At some point, do we ever ha- like hold people actually responsible for their actions as opposed to blaming the business? Like, I just feel like we've gotten into this mindset where someone commits a crime and instead of holding that person accountable, we immediately are trying to blame the business, the and basically any other entity except for the person themselves. And so I kind of wish we could get back to a little bit more of a personable, personal responsibility um, kind of climate, you know? Well, you know, there was a, a uh, an assault suspect who was convicted and sentenced to 40 years uh, for the October stabbing, I believe it was. That's significant, but I, I and I, I don't disagree with you, Robin. But that doesn't get Gaffney's off the hook. I, I again, I don't know them. I don't know Gaffney's anymore. I just don't get down there. But I, as a citizen of the city, reading about this and seeing these things happen, I, I'm bothered, and I can't help but say, even if it's uninformed, I, I'm allowed to say Bravo, Bravo SLA, <laughs> uh, and then that's that's where my head's at. Well, I hate seeing an empty property anywhere in Saratoga, especially downtown. Um, I think it's just a bad look for us all around. And I, I, you know, I only want businesses to succeed, but also people need to be safe. So maybe this will be the balance that um, delivers that for Gaffney's and, and they'll, they'll take a turn for the better. Yeah, I yeah, hope so too. It's a great location. I had my 50th birthday party there. Oh, so sorry, Adam, go ahead. I was going to say, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they change their business model to, to, meet these new requirements put on them by the SLA, you know, do, do, does the mood of the, the Gaffneys change? Does the, the, um, does it calm down? I guess we'll find out. I mean, I, I think if you, there's no dancing or music, that's going to be, uh, I, that's going to be tricky for them. I think they're definitely going to have to change the, uh, the business model there. Or what if people start dancing and you're like, no, you're not allowed to dance. You're going to have like a footloose moment. Right. How, how long is that for that that moratorium on on live music? Did I or did, did they have to apply for it to get approved? I, I missed that. Yeah, so they're going to have to apply to get it approved. It's it's uh, there was no like end date that I heard for that. And and Robin, you did some great work here getting that video and editing it so we could show it to our viewers. Do do we happen to know who? I assume it's the chair of the SLA board that that was speaking there. Do yes, you know who that is. I, I don't recall. I could look it up. I don't know. Okay, no, sorry, I, but you did great work there. We, we should follow up on that. I'm, I'm interested to know who he is. And he says he hangs in Saratoga or he goes to Saratoga sometimes. And uh, I, I'd just be interested to do a little bit of follow up on that maybe next week's show. I, I will say the SLA is a, like a wealth of information because I saw all the pending liquor license for bars that are going to be opening on Caroline Street. And I was like, ooh, what is this? What bar is opening here? Um, so unexpected source of uh, kind of business news too, weirdly. Interesting. Interesting. I know. Yeah. I know. 
who knew the SLA would be so entertaining? Anyway, <laughs> I do wish the Gaffney's owners well. I don't like to see any business fail here. Um, and it's in such a prominent spot. And I hope that, you know, this works out for, for everyone's benefit. But I think we're going into another crazy, crazy summer season. So I, I think that Gaffney's is actually probably the least of our worries at this point. Um, it's been a... Uh, it's it, it gnarly is. downtown already. Strap on your seatbelts, folks, because now till like mid-September, it's it's gonna be just a, a crazy town. Hopefully in a good way, but you know, for, from everything, right? The traffic, the traffic's ridiculous already, right? You just can't get anywhere in in, in less than fifteen minutes. It seems I'm going across town. I, I could have biked there quicker in some cases, and it's only only gonna get worse. And I'm not complaining about that, but as I'm sitting at a, at a red light, backed up two red lights. Two, two cycles. I'm like, wow, this is only, uh, you know, late May, early June. What's going on here? We, we can't blame Gaffney's or the city council for that. <laughs> that's, that's, it's, that's, it's that's Jim that's so. Just go spend one day driving on the LIE and you'll like love the traffic situation here in comparison. <laughs> that is true. Everything's relative. Everything is relative. So speaking of the track, um, another thing that Dan, you wrote about this week on Saratoga report yeah. is this, um, the residential houses being built across from the track and a lot that was just sold um, kind of around uh, George Street and where. Um, Behind the Racing Museum or just Thank between you. the Racing Museum and East East Avenue with a couple of those small side streets there. Right. Yes. And so I actually think maybe you should set this up because I still don't get the controversy, but I feel like you could kind of tee it up better. What's being proposed okay. and why there's been a little issue. Yes, there's. There was a proposal, there were a, a two-part proposal, I'll call it. That's probably technically inaccurate, but it's for illustrative purposes, to put a, a seven homes is oh. on those streets, Union, as well as this, uh, sorry. Hold on. Two homes are already on Union and they're being restored. So it's actually only four new houses. Correction, four or five uh, new new homes on empty lots on Union and the streets of Union. Essentially where King's Tavern is, just, just behind King's Tavern and uh, to build them. But also what makes this unique and, and therefore maybe attracts some of the controversy is there, this home will presumably be part of an HOA that um, these homes that have a separate lot with a cabana and a pool on it. And you know, I'm sure this is gonna be a high-end cabana and a high-end pool and very high-end houses with a lot of square footage. And, and that's fine, I, uh, that, that, that part of it, I. Uh, is uh, but I'm just trying to uh, again paint the picture of what's going on there. Uh, I wrote about it in a short article. Uh, Wendy Libertor from the Times Union wrote a, a deeper article touching on the controversy with some quotes from the neighbors, and um, it's it, it is uh, the, the many of the neighbors were not happy with it because their view, and again, it uh, it's you know it, it they will presumably comply with with the current zoning and everything. So I don't know that they have a legitimate uh, legal gripe, but they're they're uh, they're publicly griping to the TU and so forth, as well as to the planning board uh, earlier this year, as well as last year. That what's going to happen at this cabana? Will there be bands going until eleven at night? Will it be a source of of music? And then will it be, these be seven empty houses uh, by you know very wealthy folks that are only occupied uh, seven weeks out of the year and dark forty five weeks of the year? Uh, Again, there's there's not necessarily a legal argument against that, but to a neighbor, I understand that. So that does that tee up the controversy, or what does that tee up why it's an issue, Robin? Well, it, yes, because I think it's all so ridiculous their objections. So yes, it does. Here, the controversy will emerge right now. 
So these are all approved residential lots. They've always been residential lots. So there was no change in zoning, no change in like special use ordinances or anything like that. So these are just four lots that are getting homes built on them that could have individual pools in every one of those homes, but instead they're having one communal pool. And like suddenly that's going to turn into like some like, like out of hand partying and noise and, and alcohol and like debauchery. I mean, a lot of people have pools here. I don't know them to be like a source of uh, like noise complaints and like bad behavior. I, yeah, I, just well, I, think can, I mean, that's, that's my neighborhood. You know, I live a block away or, you know, two blocks from King's Tavern. I have to say, uh, I think King's Tavern is great for the neighborhood. It's, you know, on the east side, so we don't really have that that many establishments. Uh, Brook Tavern, which is a fantastic restaurant, a favorite of my wife's and I, and King's, really. But, um, you know, one thing, and this is a side note, we don't have there. There's no markets there. There's no gas stations on the east side, which, you know, you don't necessarily want a gas station on, on, on the corner. But it is, it is if you have to go and pick up milk and eggs, you got to have to, you know, not quite cross Broadway, but it is a, a little bit of a... a, a a trek, but you know what I would like to see is is because this is kind of a new essentially business model for this this neighborhood is uh, is, is 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 the HOA agreement right? What is the HOA going to say these homeowners can and can't do? Because that's really going to govern you know what the what what happens in the in these properties. So um, I, and I don't even yeah. know if this is something that you could request beforehand, but I'd like to see all right, what are the rules that the residents are going to have to abide by to you know at this pool. Um, I don't think they to... have an HO. I'm sorry, Adam. I don't think they have an HOA like pre-set up. I think it's people would have to buy the homes and then decide mutually that they want to create an HOA. The uh, a... the proposals did mention an HOA would run the pool because the only thing that's been asked for approval is the pool in Cabana. The homes uh, proposals were withdrawn, so they, they don't technically exist as of yet. Obviously, I, I can only assume they'll be resubmitted. But that was one of the complaints of the neighbors of you have an HOA and an HOA pool, but you don't have an HOA or homes to support the HOA that, that sort of felt backwards. And I, and I, I got that. I, I talked to some of the neighbors. It's a nice, quiet neighborhood, Adam, obviously, as you know. And I, I couldn't help. And one neighbor was complaining to me. And again, it's not a legal complaint, but it's a legitimate one. Like he goes, I take my kids trick-or-treating on East Avenue, you know, backing up to the track. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm so? Avenue. And there's nobody home. And it's like, oh my it, God. I, get I, get, I listen, I hate to see dark homes in January and, and March and, and October for that matter. And only occupied seven, eight weeks of the year. Is there some good to that? For well, the the fear. Case, of course there is. But, but again, me, Dan, just the, a guy that happens to live in the city. It's a bit of a turnoff. But the, these are all assumptions. This is like an assumption that it's only going to be seasonal people buying these houses. Yeah, and a lot um, of those homes on Union are already owned by by um, horse racing owners, or the, and so it's already they're already dark. But what the HOA would do would essentially set the standards that the, the, you know the, the homes might be dark, but they wouldn't feel dark, you know, you know per se. They would they would have to keep the landscaping up and some lights on. And um, I think the fear is, let's say you have seven homes purchased by seven different owners who every Friday and Saturday night are throwing seven different parties in, in, in one neighborhood. And, and that would change the, that would change the feel of the neighborhood. Right. And that's what I think is, is, is the fears. We don't want these, you know, all, all summer, every weekend to have seven different, you know, uh, uh, owner, owner parties for their friends and trainers and, 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 and whatnot that would just kind of start to dominate the neighborhood, the parking, the, the, the noise. So I, uh, I think what you're is, describing is our Airbnb problem. <laughs> 
well, that's that's uh, right? Airbnb problem is an issue too. Yeah, that's what yeah. creates the parties constantly in the noise. The pool, by the way, the uh, planning board and the way the city uh, handled the application, the standard they go by is dawn to dusk is like the, when the pool would be open. So um, I just am not still understanding this like fear of late night partying from four residential houses that haven't been built yet. That like I, it just seems like a lot of leaps to get to like a this is going to wreck the neighborhood. There, there are indications there's, and this is an obvious statement, but there's very serious money behind this. And the, the neighbors had a concern and they asked for something similar to what Ciro's has. Ciro's has a 9 p.m. moratorium. And I watched the video of the planning board shooting this, this homeowner, a longtime homeowner down. One, one planning board member saying, move on, move on. He just, mis in my view, he mistreated this neighbor, whether he had a legitimate gripe or not. I, I just felt they 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 uh, mistreated this person who was just a citizen saying, Here, here's my issue. Could you move it to nine o'clock and not 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 keep the music going if there is any music to 11? That's that's what I'm asking for at this point. And I just felt they mistreated him. Well, we have to remember that these people are all volunteers. So, like, you know, I think being on one of the land use boards is like probably one of the most thankless jobs here. Um, they're like seven year terms. And it's also just like your neighbor doing it like out of the goodness of their heart doesn't justify bad behavior. But, you know, you also don't know how many times its neighbor or group has been to the planning board, what their complaints are. And at some point, if you just want an arbitrary change to like make yourself feel more comfortable about something that hasn't even happened yet. I mean, I would be getting a little frustrated, too, I think. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. And by the way, trick-or-treating, Caroline Street, you just have to walk one street over. Trick-or-treating galore, candy bonanza. So uh, whoever's uh, worried about Fifth Avenue not being a good candy candy stop just needs to head one block over. <laughs> I think it was going beyond trick-or-treating. but and, and this is right next to this mysterious, gigantic house right behind King's Tavern. I think it backs up to Mitchell Street. That's been there for a number of years. It's a modern house. It's just gigantic, but it's like, you know, it's only used during track season. And no one seems to even stay overnight there. It just there's there's some people say I don't even know if there's bedrooms in there. It just adds to the layer of mystery. This this project has a, a bit of a layer of mystery to it, and intriguing. And I don't know all the uh, all the components of it. I still don't get the air of mystery. It's just four houses being built. Well, I, uh, whatever. I we could Dan. I know I'm you trying and to I get viewers, Robin. <laughs> I know. Sorry. All right. It's great some intrigue. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I seriously about the about the mystery. It just seems like there's. Some some layer of mystery over this. Maybe it's the track effect. Anything super close to the track is, you know. And I, you you've always seen this, and this is people. Anytime there's any any development, there's people against development. I mean, and this is yeah. this is it's the oldest time. People don't like change. They're they're scared of the unknown, right? They they're comfortable in their neighborhood as it is. This is why they moved to their neighborhood, and while they might they. They, so the idea of changing something is it throws up a lot of red flags and that's just human nature. But yeah, for the most part, it, it's, it's, I'm not against this, but I am, I am nervous that, all right, how are we going to make sure that these seven homes don't become, and, and, and Robin, to your point about the Airbnb, the thing with Airbnb, it kind of slowly percolates through the city where this is a concentration of seven homes in one area. Right. So it's a big, that's a, that's a, that's a that's a big uh, switch to be flipped right there. Aren't all the other homes around it like operating the same way that you, like they're big B and B's? They're oh, Adam. Did we just we, lose you? We lost Adam. I've, I've Adam's done. Yeah, there's a lot of. 
you're saying, yeah, there's a lot of homes that are Airbnb. Yes, there are there. Yep. I'm just saying, like, it seems like that almost fits in the character of the neighborhood. They're like, the houses on Union are huge multifamily um, spots. And I and we haven't had any crazy partying. I mean, if we're looking for crazy partying, I think we need to look no further than the track and then downtown. Yeah. I, I, I guess to wrap up my place, on, I'm not against it. I just sort of unsettled by it. Don't love it. Don't like it. What am I going to do? I, I live, you know, two, three miles away. Um, uh, I, I just feel bad for the neighbors that were, had concerns, and I don't think the city, uh, even if the city didn't grant them what they were wishing, I just wish this gentleman was was treated a little better. Moving on, let's talk about the homeless from one extreme to the other. Um, Adam, you were at a homeless forum yeah. last week um, where I think there are the, all the different agencies locally that work with the homeless population here. Um, kind of had a, a roundtable conversation to talk about where we are as a city dealing with our homeless population, which, as we know, is one of our most vulnerable populations um, and has been a fairly uh, high profile issue that has come up, uh, you know, in the last several years um, with the, an increase in the homeless population here. Um, how was it and what's the uh, outlook? Are we making progress? And Right. So I don't think anybody can deny or or. or turned about out of the fact of that there's there's uh, you know this homeless issue is really percolating through the city the panhandling um and it's it kind of creates you know that there was a stabbing in one of the parking garages unrelated the, the person who, who the perpetrator or the uh, was not a homeless individual is actually a um a um a, a, a saratoga or boston spa resident but but nonetheless, it, it's it, this atmosphere around some of these areas where these the homeless congregate is it's it's one that has a an air of danger to it. And so they, the the mayor uh, Mayor Kim held a forum with you know six or seven agencies who were working with the homeless, Rise, Shelters of Saratoga, uh, the Salvation Army, and, and and a number of others. What I didn't like about it is is I was kind of hoping to go in there with somebody saying, "All right, guys, listen, this is a problem." It's, 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 it's been getting worse. It hasn't been getting better. This, these are our steps we're, we're doing next. This is how we're going to start to address this issue. Instead, what you really got with these agencies who, don't get me wrong, these people are the salt of the earth. They're in this for the right reasons. They're doing great things. But they just kind of went over what they're doing. So there's no, it was just kind of business as usual is how we're addressing this, not, okay, we are, we are going to start with X, Y, and Z and a task force and a you know, so it just was it was hey business as usual. And there are a lot of neighbors who had concerns with that, with 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 the fact of, the, you know, they, they, you know, shop owners who would say, you know, they'll have young kids come to open their shop in the morning, you know, nine, ten in the morning. And there's a homeless person sleeping in the vestibule and they'll ask them to move and they'll get, you know, you know the, 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 the 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 problem with the homelessness is 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 that it's a there's a lot of. Um, substance abuse and mental issues in that population, which is why, you know, what leads them to be homeless, but that makes them um, unpredictable sometimes. And, and especially with the substance abuse, it can make them aggressive. And, and I, I, I think we've all seen it at this point. So, so I got to say, I was a little upset with the fact that there was no plan to move forward other than status quo. Well, I do have some news on that front, but one thing I want to clarify just in terms of this conversation is the difference between homelessness and vagrancy. Because I think that oftentimes people talk about these two populations as if they're one and the same, and they're really not. We have a vagrant population in Saratoga Springs who certainly are suffering from mental health issues, drug and alcohol addiction, but they're choosing to live a life outside. And they're responsible for you know some of the more violent or aggressive behavior you see downtown. 
versus folks who are looking to actively get back into a home are, you know, going to get a spot in shelters of Saratoga, which is transitional housing, and are working towards permanent housing um, and employment and so forth. Um, and so I just think it's important to clarify uh, the two different populations and not talk about them as if they're one of the same. Yeah, well, so certainly there is there is a there are people who just are you know down on their luck. They had a string of poor events and, and, and they're, they're fighting to get back on their feet. And those are the people we all envision when, you know, when we give a guy a dollar who's on the corner or, 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 you know, really want to help out with, with, with the homeless. But you, you, Robin, you're absolutely right. Where the vagrant population are the ones who it's almost a business. I was talking to one of the leaders of these groups who was saying, you know, you'll see the, you'll see them set up in front of these stores on Broadway and the store owner will say, why are they in front of my store? Right. Why, why are they here? And, and, and they would say, well, the same reason you're here, this is good business to be set up right here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the fact. The one thing that the city did say, and I thought this was really, is that the the solution to the problem is not giving panhandlers money. Yes. The city's going to put out the city's going to put out boxes. If you feel the need to give a couple bucks, put it in one of these boxes. It's, it'll go to these these organizations that are out there on the ground. You know, you know, it's, it's the, 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 the assisting the homeless and, and the vagrants to kind of move on and transition into a, a more productive lifestyle. But that was one big thing of of that, of, of you can't give them money. And then the other, on, on the flip side, too, you can't arrest them. There's nothing illegal without with asking somebody for money. There's nothing illegal with being on Broadway. So the police were there and they had a presence and they said the, the, the big takeaway was you could always call these organizations and, and they're and, they're going to start to, what I understood is put together a leaflet or a pamphlet or for numbers you can call if you have an issue. So you're not just calling the police. Uh, you're calling people who are more, you know, trained more with mental health and, and, and transitional to get these, to get these people help. But, uh, but, but the police were essentially saying we can't just arrest people for asking you for money. So that's not a solution. And I don't think that is a solution. No, but, yeah, but I, you know, from the two extremes, you don't give them money. You don't arrest them. You know, all right, well, where in the middle is so the land? Dan, unless you want to jump in here, I, I have lots of experience with the homeless population in Saratoga, um, primarily because Code Blue was like three houses down for me for three or four winters. Um, and when it was announced, I like saw it in the news and I was like curious about it. They're like, how many people are going to be there? How does it operate? You know, I just had questions. I, I lived three houses up with my little kids and I was curious. I instantly was like, destroyed online called a NIMBY, like just people just like jump all over you for asking anything about the homeless that they interpret, you know, to immediately be, you're being like classist or that. I was like, I'm just looking for information so I can understand what's happening on my block and like feel comfortable with it. I got that information. Long story short, I ended up volunteering there quite a bit and really getting to know our homeless population and seeing them through a very different lens and kind of understanding the needs and issues in our city and why we haven't been able to address this population the way they need to be addressed. And it's largely because we don't have a year-round drop-in shelter in Saratoga Springs. So there's no place for an outreach worker to bring someone um, to get shelter, food, and connect with social services. The only option they have is going all the way down to Balsam Spa um, to the social services in the county. And that's um, actually a huge hurdle for uh, anyone, certainly somebody who doesn't have a car, um, plus all the requirements that you have to meet to get the services down at Balsam Spa. It's, it's challenging. But um, to that end, what I think is very exciting, and I think it's pretty known at this point, um, 
there has been a donation, um, I think by the Dakes, to build the senior center at the YMCA on West Avenue, build a new building for the senior center and move the senior center from where it currently exists over to the Y on their property. And then the senior center would become this year round drop in shelter that would kind of be like a hub um, where again, they would have social services and these agencies would be represented. So while the people were there getting food, shelter and whatnot, they could also get connected with what they need to um, get on a path to, you know, being back in a home and, uh, and in a more stable situation. Um, well, and I think my, that's going gonna... to, go ahead. This is my, this is my problem with, 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 with solutions like that is, is essentially the problem is the homelessness is a spot problem. Vagrancy is a spot problem. So if there is, if there is a homeless person in Saratoga, it is now Saratoga's, you know, Saratoga has to um, uh, help meet the, the needs of this, of this person or this individual or, or whatnot. So if you keep on building services, what prevents them from keep coming? You know, it's, it's, it's not people say, oh, no, people don't come to Saratoga to be homeless. I don't know that that's true. I think when I grew up here, there were two or three homeless and you knew who they were. It seems like the more services we offer, the more the services will fill up, you know, kind of if you build it, they will come. And, and that's what makes me a little nervous about all this. What do we offer now, though? We offer nothing. It's, it's not like we're rolling out the red carpet and they have you know, like my feeling is there are people who actually really need this help, this step to get back on track with their lives and, and housing insecurity. I would rather help those people and then weed out people who are abusing the system afterwards than not do anything at all. Yeah, but the weeding out is just putting them back into the community. And that, that's my problem is, is, is that, you know, you weed them out. And, and when you're saying, what do we offer them now? There were seven agencies there saying what they offer, right? There's, there's right. you know, I know there's, uh, what's that? Right, but there's but there's agencies. I mean, almost everywhere. I mean, we're not we don't have anything that's unique. I think to our community. Um, I mean, that would draw someone who's like a vagrant here, except for the fact that people are giving them money on Broadway if they're panhandling, and that's very lucrative. Which, to your point, people should not be giving money to panhandlers. You, if you want to help the homeless, if you want to help this situation, donate to Shelters of Saratoga. There's actually been boxes on Broadway for years now that you could put a cash donation in that goes right to shelters. Um, so, so yeah, certainly uh, panhandling is um, not to be encouraged. It, it does not help because. I, go ahead, Dan. Oh, so, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I haven't said anything on this yet, and I, I, I'm at a different level with the two of you because I, I just sort of, I sort of see it as I'm walking by the Woodlawn Avenue garage, right? There's, there's a pack of people there usually every day. I just saw a, a group of people in the other parking garage over by a country corner cafe yesterday. And I, I'm trying not to be this snooty guy that lives in Saratoga and looks down on them. I, I understand I've had, you know, I've had family members that have had issues consistent with, with some of uh, uh, the, the homeless and so forth. So I, I want to be feel, you know, I want to feel for them. I want to love them. At the same time, it, it, it's just, there's a such a large pack room. I had my daughters. I had to walk around. They just lay there and block the sidewalk. It's like it, it's it's a bit off putting at times. So I'm, I'm trying to balance that as just some guy working and living in Saratoga, and I'm trying to balance that. And it's it's tough, and I'm and I don't see a solution forthcoming. Well, I think it's really important to acknowledge that we can be like humanitarians and care about people and want to help people, but also want to protect our, the safety of our neighborhoods. The Woodlawn crew that you're talking about 
I know them and I know them to be the vagrancy issue that we've had. Even when um, the county had um, the building across the street from the Woodlawn parking lot and opened it up as a shelter, like they they wouldn't go inside. Sure. So they were like really actively choosing to not go in. But also there's a group of people in Saratoga who, you know, are constantly driving by, giving them gift cards, buying them beer, um, catering dinner for them. So like we do have a population here that also really facilitates this existence. Um, and, and, you know, they feel that they're helping, but really it's just reinforcing unhealthy, dangerous, bad behavior um, for the individuals and for the community um, versus, yeah. It's crystal clear they want to be there. And and sometimes yeah. it's social hour. They're, they seem to be, they don't seem despondent. They, they seem to be enjoying the banter and so forth sometimes. They're there. That's their social network is what it appears to me. Uh, they, they they don't look like they were wishing they were some, somewhere else. What bothers me, though, is when people, you know, go on Facebook, put a picture up of, you know, the group of people at Woodlawn, and they're like, shame on you, Saratoga. Such a wealthy, privileged community, and you're, like, ignoring your homeless population. Like, look at these people, you know, in the garage, as if we have done nothing as a community to try to address this issue. When, in reality, the, the millions and millions of dollars that have been fundraised the countless task force, the community involvement, participation, it's really extraordinary how much um, people are passionate and care about the homeless and want to make sure that this vulnerable population is being taken care of. So that's what really gets me. Hmm. Yeah. Should we uh, should we close this and uh, go to the, our next issue? Or uh, I think we have Carly uh, waiting. Is that correct? Oh, yes. we'll, 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 we'll... We'll be back to the homeless because this is a big issue, and I think we, I, you know, I think we'd like to get some some guests upon this. So if you're a, a system, if you're a subject matter expert, let us know. We'd love to have you on because this uh, this is an issue that Saratoga is facing right now. And then, you know, unfortunately, there's not a, there's not a, a a simple solution. You know, 98 percent of people are good people. They want to help. It's just how do we get there? How do we, you know, help them with with preserving our our the safety and of, of our community? So, uh, all right, moving on. There's some interesting politic, political news. Oh, there is. And um, we're waiting for Carly, Dan. I don't see her yet, but. Um, well, okay. So somebody, I will check my text. I did see a text. Yeah. Will you check her text? Okay. Sorry. Carly Connors from the Auto Museum is coming on to tell us about a few things going on there. But in the meantime, there was some political news that I thought was pretty interesting. We'd mentioned this on the podcast, I think two weeks ago, Jim Tedisco and Daphne Jordan um, were in the same <laughs> district. Um basically looking at a primary, two Republicans primarying each other um, because of the redistricting. And uh, Daphne Jordan announced this week that she was dropping out of the race, which was um, surprising to me. Um, yes, it was described to me that, you know, Tedisco was a, is generally a better fundraiser, more well known. He's been in office for, for decades, both the Assembly and the Senate. I don't know what went into her thinking. She she left while continuing to blast him. She had bitter words for him on her way out the door, and and she uh, she stopped campaigning, but she's still on the on the ballot. So there will still be a, technically a primary. I believe it was way too late to to get her off, but she stopped campaigning. So it seems like she's essentially ceding the race to Jim Tedisco. So there's going to be a, a big uh, general election race, and it's going to be it's going to I'm sure it'll be nasty because you just feel it. You have Michelle Osterlich on, on one side who has a very strong campaign going. Jim Tedisco, who you know really wants to stay in office, obviously he's he's going to have to move to, to get this office. So if he's willing to do that, so this is going to be this will be one of the key Senate races in the entire state, I believe. I agree. I was shocked that Daphne dropped out simply because after she was not endorsed, 
she came out with some real fighting words. Like she was not giving up. She was going full speed ahead. I and mean, she really came out very aggressively committed to uh, continuing to run and challenge uh, Jim Tedisco. So um, I was shocked that she dropped out, but you know, the less nastiness, Robin, the better in my opinion. You, you, you've seen how, how big, I mean, a big party politics work. Do you think this is all the Republican party got to her? Cause this is not good to have two Republicans at each other's neck. If you're the Republican party, something in the party got to her said, listen, this is, it is what it is. If, if you want to stay here, that's, that's that him, this, you know, um, Mr. Tedesco, focus on the general election and, and, and take a bow out of this. Or do you think it was for more personal reasons, if you had to guess? No, Adam, you totally hit the nail on the head. It is so unusual for Republicans to allow a primary to happen. Like, it's just not how they roll. That's the Democrats have that problem. You know, they let too many people get into a primary and it affects their the outcome of the race. This is so unlike the Republicans to have this kind of a conflict within the party and have it be so public. So if I had to guess, I would I would guess that it was the, the party stepping in and saying, listen, we have to do, you know, what's best for the party and what's best for securing this seat and for, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons, you know, we need you to bow out. And I'm sure they had some other opportunity that they presented her with. Um, yeah. So I think you hit the nail on the head. Excellent. All right. Well, there we go. We'll make an interesting general election. It will make it, you know, Jim Tedisco, he's so funny. I sat with him at the county fair back in 2019, which is a whole situation in and of itself. And uh, the thing he's had forever that he gives out for his campaign, and, you know, he's always won, he gives out nail files with, like, his logo on them. And it just, like, cracked me up. Like, that was, he's like, everyone loves them, and he has them every election cycle to give out to everybody. Um, although this year, I think he may need to... Uh, do more than the nail file. It seems like you might have to step it up. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be a a a competitive, harshly fought campaign. Uh, like I said, I think the whole state's gonna be watching that district because it's radically changed in the geography. It used to, it currently goes into Columbia County. It doesn't even go anywhere near there now. It's got all of Saratoga County and Niskayuna and Schenectady, and that that's significant changes. Um, ch here, change of pace, but I think I see Miss Carly Connors. Carly, do we have you? Hello there. How's everyone doing? doing We're great, doing Carly. well. Thank you for great joining us. You. Out, Carly's in California at the moment, I might add. So thank I you am. for joining us from the West Coast. West Coast, yes. How is everybody? Great, Carly. Great. Uh, folks, <laughs> Carly Connor is uh, executive director of the Saratoga Automobile Museum. Carly, your June is insane. I, I don't know how you... I don't know how you keep, I hope you're taking your vitamins and eating your Wheaties because I'm looking at your <laughs> schedule and it, it is just packed with really neat stuff. And great I, stuff for the, the museum, great stuff for the community. Good for you, but oh my God, how do you keep it up? I don't know. I don't know. And the time change when I, I'm, we're flying out tonight, we're taking the red eye. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting on Saturday. I, uh, so let's talk about Saturday. Yeah. Cars on Union, which just when I saw the three words, obviously you, you, you and I have a connection to Union Avenue. That was thrilling. And then when I find out what's happening, uh, but I don't know everything. Will, will you tell everybody exactly what Cars on Union is? I know it goes from like nine to three on Saturday and what great weather. I think we got great weather coming. Yes. Well, thanks, Dan. And, and I just, I want to go back to your last story, Dan. I think you're concerned about the houses on Union because of all the crazy partying you did back in the day on Union. <laughs> I think that's where it's stemming from. Uh, that's when I was younger. <laughs> yep. 
I, I do remember those days fondly. So, <laughs> yep, he just, he's worried about what's going to happen there. Um, but Union, we're, we're thrilled. Um, four or five years ago, I was down in Naples, Florida for an event called Cars on Fifth. And it was probably one of the most amazing events I've ever been to. They shut down the whole street. They have about 400 cars, everything from Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, every sort of exotic. And I came back and met with Daryl from Discover Saratoga and said, we have to do this event. It is, it's amazing. And so a um, couple of years later, after a pandemic, here we are. And I just, I can't thank um, Discover Saratoga, the chamber, the city enough for making this happen for, for us and for the city of Saratoga. Um, so what we're doing is we are shutting down Union Ave from Nelson East Ave. And it's basically going to be a car show downtown for exotic cars. Um, so if you have a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, a Porsche, a supercar, anything, bring it on down and, um, and you can show off your car. Uh, you can register on our website at saratogaautomobilemuseum.org. Um, we are going to have judging. So we'll have the People's Choice, Fudge's Choice, Best in Show, raffle prizes, food trucks, um, another great thing, the Children's Museum is going to be there. Um, the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame, they're having a, a day, so admission is going to be free. So it's just going to be a fabulous event for the community. And that's this we Saturday? Know. It is this Saturday. Yep. That's so cool because I was my first dumb question was going to be, where do the cars come from? I didn't realize it's like people, it's people around here it coming is. with their yep. own vehicles. Yeah. That is very cool. That is very cool. I wish I had a cool vehicle. And, and, and Carol, you mentioned, I think they have till tomorrow to get on your website to register for it. And, yes. Uh, yeah. They can, Friday they night. Have... Cut it off Friday night. So get on the web, uh, get on our website, register. Um, you can either on, do it online or call us at the museum and, and register to get the car in the show. And, and, and Adam, you can I borrow your car? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Adam, we need you in there. Adam's got, a, say. Adam's got a very fancy convertible that I gave him a lot of shit for during the campaign season. So I was like, <laughs> Adam Israel, you cannot be campaigning for local office driving around in this car. This is not a good look for a campaign. <laughs> Adam, yeah. Adam, didn't yeah. you get it at the auction too? Yes, I bought I bought a uh, a, um, a Ferrari 360 Spider at the at the Sarah Brothers auction maybe four years ago. I love it. It's a beautiful car. Kids love it. So maybe we'll uh, we'll see you Saturday. I have to get in in, in on this uh, this fun. Definitely. And vote for me if uh, if, if you've seen me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, hey, Carly, I have to ask you because you touched on it. It's not just cars. You've got vendors. You got street food trucks. It's it's obviously kid friendly with with what the racing museum is doing. This is a family friendly, kid friendly. I believe it's free, other than maybe the parking. Is that correct? Right. Um, another great thing we've partnered with Naira has been fabulous. You know, we're just so lucky. I think in Saratoga, everybody just wants to see events work and get people back. It's safe. It's outside. Um, so we've partnered with Naira. They're gonna. Um, open up their parking lot for us for a small fee. We've partnered with Death Wish Coffee. They're going to be there with their big truck. Um, Haggerty, which is a big insurance company for, for cars, they're going to be there. Porsche, Clifton Park, Worldwide, Ferrari. Um, we have ice cream. We have food trucks. So, yes, Dan, it's it's for everyone. Bring the girls. Robin, I, I have a feeling that our kids will be there. So and it's yes, going to be a great should, event for They everyone. probably already have cars registered. They probably um, do. Uh, Wait, Carly. I have Carly, to give you so many props. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Robin. Oh, I just have to give Carly props for this because just getting a food truck for like any event in the city of Saratoga Springs where food trucks are not permitted is like a huge lift. So the <laughs> fact that you have all these different elements all coordinated for this like first of its kind event on it's amazing. I'm just well, so thank impressed. You. We're, we are lucky every, all of our partners have been really helpful in making this a reality that, you know, I think the city is hoping that this will be a, you know, a yearly traditional, similar to Chowder Fest or 4th of July um, run. So we're, we're really excited. That's, no, that's... If I've had a fancy bike, does that count? Could I, could I Definitely, come up with a nice shiny Get bike? Get in. Yes. Yes. Do you have a background in cars or is this just, you know, or, or museums or what, 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 what motivated you to, to, to go after this position and, and you're doing a great job and we love it, but what's, uh, what, what's a, on a personal level? What, what's, what's, what's the deal? What's the deal? I've always loved cars. Um, you know, I've been, you know, whether it's driving or owning, I've loved them. And I think at the time, uh, four or five years ago, they were looking to diversify the board of the museum a little. So I had a friend who asked me to join the board, join the board. And then at the time we were looking for an executive director and I said, well, I'm doing some consulting, I'll help out. And uh, five years later, here we are. And I'm, I'm still there and loving it. Um, I just, I never feel like I'm going to work. It's always a fun day, always something different, whether it's and you volunteers, cars, it's just, I'm, I'm really lucky. You must know a lot of the fancy car owners in Saratoga. And maybe you can answer this, maybe you can't. But is there one car you're looking forward to seeing on Saturday? Is there a oh, that's like a, a jewel really, out there? That's a great question. Um, you know, there is a fun car. I don't know if he's bringing it, but there's something called a Spiker. There are not many of them, um, and and I I hope that that comes. All right. We'll look for this what, what, I would like to know what everyone's like a fantasy car would be to see on Saturday. I, like Adam, what's your dream vehicle that you would spot or be driving? Ferrari three sixty Spider, baby. <laughs> I mean, like I know, I know, I know. I suppose blue yeah. on blue. I've I've never seen the actual. This doesn't quite match up to the Ferraris and so forth. But it's, if it's one car, the DeLorean from Back to the Future has that ever been here? Does that still well, exist? When City Hall got struck by lightning, I think it did a drive-by that night. <laughs> Dan, that's so funny you say that. It does exist. I will send you a picture because I saw it yesterday. Um, I am wow. actually I'm out in California to visit. Um, there's a very well-known museum out here called the Peterson, and they have it. Um, and so I just took a picture of it yesterday. And you cut a deal to have it visit Saratoga Springs, right? I'm working on it, Dan. I'm working on it. With hoverboard, hey, real hoverboard. If, if I could go, if I go down a list, because they, they have so much going on this month, Carly, if you could talk a little bit about each of the things. You got a big 20th anniversary gala coming up. We do, we do. We, um, we June 1st, we turned 20 years old. So we've been around for a while. Um, so on Saturday, June 25th, we are doing a gala to celebrate um, the 20 individuals that have ma really made a difference at the museum. Um, so we are, we'll be celebrating those people on June 25th. Um, so that's a, that's a really big one for us. Wow. That's great. And, and uh, there's still availability if people wanted to. Definitely. To, yep. Yeah. Once again, just, you can go right to our website. Okay, great. Uh, commission a brick. Uh, I saw that that was new. I think that's sort of obvious, but can you explain that? Definitely. So right outside the museum, we have some grass area with some bricks. So if you want to 
become a legacy and put your name down uh, for the next 20 years. You can buy a brick and put whatever you want on that brick. Maybe vote for Adam um, when you get a brick. <laughs> That's it's a little good. too late for that. <laughs> oh, right, right, for the car. Even though he has a fancy car. The the fun the fun we could have with, with those. And um, listen, I, I understand you you have a, a new benefit for the museum to win a Ford Bronco, and not just any Ford Bronco. A Bronco? I understand. This is tricked out. It is a little tricked out. So we were lucky. We went to the New York International Auto Show this year with the Bronco, and the Bronco is the Wait, new car. Like Every the vintage Bronco? What? Like the vintage Broncos? That's like my no, 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 no. We're not talking about uh, the the white the white Bronco that everybody is so fond of. This is a brand new 2022 Bronco. Hmm. And, yes, and yes, it's you can get um, a ticket to win. We will be pulling that that ticket in February, and and you need to be in it to win it. So last year we gave away a Porsche, and the man who won that lived right in Saratoga. We've given away a Maserati. We've given away a Mercedes. So, Robin, you need to win the Bronco. Where have I been? Where have I yeah, been all these giveaways? And, and Carly, I, I've spoken to two of those winners, and they were – what's neat about it is they just happened to be – at least one of them happened to be at the museum because his golf date got rained out. Yes. And he did it just to support, bought a few tickets, not many. I love those kind of stories, yes. and that's just great. It is great. I freak out with, like, a free Diet Coke. I mean, that's like, that's unbelievable. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, I think uh, this is such a cool thing because when I like hear you hear an auto museum, I'm not a huge car person. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, is that someplace I would take kids? Probably not. It's like, I, I, nothing comes to mind. What you've done with the museum and the experience of just going to just visit. I mean, the space is beautiful. My kids were like blown away by it. They're all going to love this event on Saturday. Like the way you've engaged the community with the museum and just like made it this like incredible living, breathing place. It's, it's just awesome. And it's just another oh, layer thanks, of like Robin. why the city is so great. No, it's for, honestly, it's, it's really so impressive. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a great place. And, and, you know, I'm out in California visiting with some museums, looking for some next exhibits and some best practices. So I think, um, you're going to be really happy with our next couple exhibits coming up. So stay tuned. Well, that's, can you talk to Elon cool. while you're out there? Because I, I impulsively put a security deposit down on a cyber truck. Um, but I, I've been waiting and waiting. It hasn't shown up yet. Well, I'll work on that for you, Robin. I fly out tonight, but I've got a little time. I'll call him, see if he's... Call him up. <laughs> Carly, thank, thank you. Thank so you for much. coming on. We, uh, no, we're thank you. I'll yeah. see you all on Saturday. Excellent. Absolutely. Thank you, Carly. That's Thank awesome. You. Safe flight. Safe travels. Thanks, Dan. Bye. All Bye. right, kids. I think it's time to wrap up with some cheers and jeers. What do you think? I do, do as well. You want me to kick off? Yeah, kick Go off. For it, Dan. Okay, because it segues right off of Carly. My, I have a cheer, a big cheer for Saturday. Saturday in Saratoga Springs. Folks, there is so much going on. Just Saturday, there's um, we obviously the, the cars on union and Carly mentioned it, the racing museum and hall of fame also has their celebrate equine sanctuary. And it's right there on, on union. Everything's free other than the parking. Uh, they're teaming up with therapeutic horses of Saratoga, the thoroughbred, Re thoroughbred retirement foundation that they're celebrating all the aftercare of the horses. And I, I maybe they've done that in the past, but I, I don't know that they've done something like this. Uh, that that's a kid friendly, family friendly event. 
Um, the Mostly Modern Music Festival, that's going right through the 24th. Um, that is uh, uh, the, where, where they're celebrating the living composers, and they have the living composers. They have something going every day right through the 24th. Tonight at 7.30, they, 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 they have a nice brass event at the uh, Arthur's Ankle Music Center, uh, mostlymodernmusicfestival.org or most, mostlymodernfestival.org. I'm sorry about that. These things are fun. They're exciting. They're educational. Is, is there anything that's not family friendly? Because sometimes I like don't want to be around kids. <laughs> yeah, Gaffney. You teed it up beautifully for me. Uh, my, 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 my jeer is to me because I'm, I'm giving short shrift to, to so many other great events that are happening Saturday and this weekend, and, and, and I, I don't have them here for you. So I, there are other events uh, uh, between the Chambers website and other websites. You can find some of these out. Uh, so please, but boy, uh, Cars Cars on Union, uh, the Race Museum, Celebrating Equine Sanctuary, the Mostly Modern, um, and the, an electric car show, an e-bike show up at Skidmore on Saturday as well, For if, if, if that floats your boat. Just so much going on in Saratoga. I'm a homer. I love Saratoga. Yeah, there's problems here, but I absolutely love Saratoga, and nobody's going to tell me it's not a great city. Thank you. I'm out. All right. I'm right there with you. Adam, you're up. All right, so I guess my cheers will go to the uh, Lake Avenue School family, the, the, the teachers, the administrators. Uh, we're wrapping up this, this week here now, but it has been a great week camping with the kids. And it's just something special that Lake Ave did that the teachers really, you know, showed initiative and the administrators showed initiative to do it and to make it work. And I think it's really special for these fifth graders moving on. So Lake Ave and Saratoga City School District, uh, congratulations. This is awesome. Uh, my cheers is this is a weird one, but to Niagara Mohawk, um, or, or national grid, whatever they are now, they, 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 they've done this in front of my house. And now they've done it in front of my mom's house where there's an old pole that's leaning and falling down and they just come up, put in a new pole and never remove the old pole. Uh, and we have this old, old pole. Yeah, it's crazy. And it, it, it's at like a, I don't know, you know, it looks like this on spring street and, and we call them and they say, Oh, it's, you know, it's rising or it, it just, they just kick the, the bucket around. And meanwhile, we have this pole. that's about to come crashing down. It's an eyesore. <laughs> and my mother's house in circular street did the same thing put in a new pole left the old pole there it's it's just wow. really kind of crazy to me and they're just such a they, they, they're just such a monopoly that it's they, they, you know they're, they're not motivated to do anything about it so Niagara mohawk please come to spring street it ain't hard to find start there and, and, and get that pole out of the ground I, i've had a similar issue with national grid we should you should tweet it out keep hammering them yeah do you have a chainsaw that maybe might solve the problem that's right <laughs> <laughs> Well, my quick uh, cheer and beer, um, there's this event this week, another event this weekend that is so cool um, that was sent over to me that I just is worth uh, mentioning. Uh, it's Hasbro's Marvel series director and toy photographer are coming for a toys in action workshop. And it's kicking off in Skylerville on Friday night, but then it's going to be in the city um, center during the weekend. But it's like the original like Hasbro toy creators and uh, it just sounds really, really, really cool and different. Um, kid friendly, but you know that's a good thing in this case. Repeat that once again. What it is? The title of it? Or the, the it is. <clears throat> uh, it is. It features Hasbro's Marvel series director Steve Evans and toy photographer uh, Jared Middleton. It's a toys in action workshop. It's a community event opportunity to learn about toy uh, design and photography. Um, from people who basically did like all the like Marvel and all the kind of like classic big toy 
I, I, why am I at a loss for words here? You know what I'm talking about. So you get they to be big, toys. like Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, I, I, I'm sure I have a jeer, but I'm. You I, always I, have a jeer. Come on. Come on. I know. Can I just do two cheers, you guys? This is the lamest cheer ever, but I got this microphone from Target, and it's made me feel super professional today doing this podcast with this like, official. I, I know, guys. 20 bucks. This could be yours from Target. Super well, serious be, podcasters now. That is on my list. Father's Day. Margarita, are you watching? <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, I got to go hit the latrine. Sunday. Oh, shit. Right? All right. Thank you. Said it. <laughs> yeah. That's my cheer. Fathers. Yay. Father's Day. Yes. How do we not cheer the All fathers? Right. Adam, thanks. Robin, thanks. Folks, thanks for watching. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.